the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So don't get discouraged. See, sometimes we, someone starts to make fun of us, and we're like, we're like a turtle that goes into our shell because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want anything bad happen to us. And so we get inside our shell. No, 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 no. You, you need to get out of your shell. Stand for Christ, especially in this day and age. And if you're persecuted, don't be ashamed, but rejoice. Be thankful and know in your heart I am standing faithful for the Lord Jesus Christ and rejoice in that truth. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, Where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4.7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. Good morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. When you read through the Bible... Jesus is talking right to you, and he, here's the thing about Jesus. He always tells you the truth. Whether you want it or not, he's going to tell you the truth. And what he says is for anyone who's even thinking about becoming a Christian, don't think for a second it's going to be easy. If, you, if you're going to become a Christian, it's one of the great challenges in your life. And what Jesus wants you to know in this text, I believe three things. Number one, write this down. Persecution is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. And here's the deal. If you practice the first seven, and what are they? I want to go over my, just because it's the last weekend on this series. I, I want you to see them again. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn over their own sin. Verse 5, blessed are the meek. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Verse 7, blessed are those who practice mercy. Verse 8, blessed are those who have a heart that is pure. Verse 9, blessed are those who are peacemakers, and those are people who introduce other people to Jesus because he's the only one that can bring true peace. And here's the law. It's like the law of gravity. You can write this down. If you practice the first seven... You are guaranteed to experience some form of persecution 
It is guaranteed. And the opposite is true as well. If you're here today and you're not going through any kind of persecution and your life is just on easy street and no one's ridiculing you and no one's trying to shh, you don't give me any of that Christianity stuff and no one's trying to punish you or tease you or mock you or hurt you in some form or fashion for your faith, it's probably because you're not living the first seven. Because if you live the first seven, we are guaranteed, absolutely, unequivocally guaranteed to be persecuted in some form. And the reason is that any time you go up against status quo, which is the world, the world is going to persecute you. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You know, Jesus lived the first seven. And what happened to him? They nailed him to a cross. When you leave status quo, you are now, the world now comes against you. You are now pitted against status quo. You see, before, you were just in the flow of the world. You were doing everything they were doing. But once you left status quo, now you're at odds with the world. Because God has called you to a different path, a path of holiness, a path of righteousness, a path of godliness. And the reason you're persecuted, the reason anybody's persecuted... It's because when you live for Christ, you are bucking the system. You're going against the stream. You're now going against the status quo of the world. And as long as you're going against what the world wants, the world is going to fight and ridicule and persecute you as a believer because godliness generates hostility towards the ungodly. And there are three levels of, there's all kinds of persecution, but I'm going to give you three levels. The first is verbal, verbal persecution. Jesus actually talked about this when he said people will insult. That's a verbal attack. They will falsely say all kinds of things about you. That's a verbal attack. If I asked you, some of you could tell me right now stories of where you have been verbally harassed because of your faith. You could, you could stand and you could tell those stories. Anytime you take a stand, you, you say, I, I'm going to start standing for the rights of the unborn children. I, I'm just going to, from this day on, I'm going I'm to actually get involved in helping save babies. I'm going to stand for biblical marriage. I'm going to start carrying my Bible to work with or to school with me. And you will be ridiculed. You'll be laughed. You'll be made fun of verbally and maybe even physically. That's the second level. I want you to write that down. The second level is physical persecution. I have one regret in this sermon and one regret only. And that is not having enough time to tell you of the physical persecution that's going on around the world today. Today, people, I'm not talking about just they're verbally abused, that they are tortured, beaten, jailed for simply carrying a Bible or believing in Jesus or sharing their faith. It is estimated by some that this year that 100,000 believers will die because of their faith in Jesus Christ. I have a book in my library called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And I actually got it in college. I've had it ever since. And if you don't have that book, you need to get a copy of that book. 
because it records for us all the early Christians and the way that they died. Many burned at the stake. Some were fed to lions. That actually happened. They were stoned to death. Simply people who said, I believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, you do? Then come here. We're going to take your life. And yet they were willing to take that stand. So Jesus is going through these beatitudes. They're trying to figure them all out. And uh, then he drops this, this bomb. He goes, now, now let me, before I close the Beatitudes, one last thing. If you choose to follow me, I, there's one thing that you'll get. Riches? No. Fame? No. Well, what is it? You will be persecuted. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll hear more here in just a minute. Anyone in this room who says, I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ in a culture that has gone astray, you will be persecuted persecuted. Now, I've got some good news. Here's point number two. Write this down. Jesus says persecution is a gift. What? He says it's a gift. What are you talking about? I know it sounds strange, but I want you to write down. There's several benefits when you're, when you're persecuted. I don't even have time to tell you all the benefits, but one, it's kind of proof that you've been living a righteous life. You kind of, you kind of wake up every day, hey, I've been, I must be doing something right if they're talking bad about me. Because Jesus said, blessed are those that are persecuted because of righteousness. It's a sign that you've been standing strong. Someone starts ridiculing you, don't don't get all discouraged. Hey, I must be doing something right. Uh, You've been faithful. You're you're not mimicking the world. And by the way, if you're here and you don't want to be persecuted, there's one sure way not to be persecuted. And that is just mimic the world. Act like the world, talk like the world, look like the world, do everything like the world does. And everyone will leave you alone. But if you stand for Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted. And you just need to know in your heart, hey, I I must be doing something right uh, because I'm getting some of this pushback. Number two, write this down. It causes you to fully rely on God. Whenever you're mocked, whenever someone's, whenever you feel threatened, uh, you know, it forces you to rely on God. And it's never a bad thing to rely on God. Amen? That's never a bad thing. Write this down. It's a certificate of Christian authenticity. Oh, I like that. I like that. It's like you get this stamp. It's like your stamp. Not, Not a real stamp, but you're like, God stamps you that, hey, you really are, you really are a Christian. What did Peter say in 1 Peter 4, verse 16? He said, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. A Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, you bear his name already, right? Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. I-A-N points back to Christ. You are a follower of Christ. You're a Californian, I-A-N means you're from California. If you're a Christian, I-A-N, it means that you're a follower of Christ. You wear his name. If you wear his name and you're standing for Christ as a Christian should do, do not be ashamed when you are suffering, but be thankful, praise God, that you are bearing his name. After the apostles were put into prison for simply preaching the gospel, in Acts chapter 5 verse 41, it says that the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for his name so don't get discouraged see sometimes we someone starts to make fun of us and we're like we're like a turtle that goes into our shell because we don't want to get hurt we don't want anything bad happen to us and so we get inside our shell 
No, 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 no. You, you need to get out of your shell. Stand for Christ, especially in this day and age. And if you're persecuted, don't be ashamed, but rejoice. Be thankful and know in your heart, I am standing faithful for the Lord Jesus Christ. And rejoice in that truth. Number three. Number three. Persecution brings gladness. Oh, I can't understand this. What are you talking about? Jesus said, rejoice and be what? Be glad. Because great is your reward. Whenever you're persecuted, you need to remember this. It's just temporary suffering until you receive your eternal reward. Oh, Jesus wanted... He knew that they were going to be persecuted. He knew he was going to go to the cross. But he said, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward where? In heaven. I want to show you another verse. I want to explain this verse to you. 1 Peter 3, 17. It says, for it is better. Everybody say better. Now, whenever you say the word better, that means there must be several options here and one is better than the other. Peter says, it is better if it's God's will, for you to suffer for doing good than to suffer for doing evil. Now, I want to explain that to you. We all have two choices. You can either do good or you can do evil. Either way, you're going to suffer. If you do good, I'm going to live for Christ I'm going to be bold. I'm going to wear his name boldly and proudly. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand for Christ. I'm going to go again. You're, you're automatically going against status quo. You will be persecuted. You are going to suffer some. Okay, okay, I got that. If you decide that you're not going to live for God, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't really care about God. I'd rather live for myself. I'd rather live for the devil. I'd rather satisfy the cravings of a sinful man. I'd rather please the devil than please the Lord. I'm just going to live my life the way I want. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do evil, and I'm not going to be righteous. I'm going to be a disobedient person. Okay, you have that choice, but let me tell you something. You're going to suffer. You'll never be happy. You'll never have joy. You'll never have peace. You're going to drown in guilt. Sin's going to destroy your body. You're going to ruin all your relationships. It's going to, it's going to literally eat you alive. And, and the rest of your days on this earth, you're going to live without the, the blessing of God upon your life. And then one day, one day you're going to die and guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be suffering forever. So if you make this choice, you're going to suffer here and in the life to come. Now go back and look at this verse. Look at this verse. You've got to understand this verse. It says, it is better. It is better. Because you're going to suffer either way. It is better for you to go ahead and live for Christ because you suffer just for a little while, but one day... You're going to live for all of eternity in the presence of God, or you can go ahead and do wrong, do evil, live for yourself, and you're never going to really find what you're looking for anyway. You're going to be miserable on this earth, and you're going to spend an eternity without the Lord. And so your choice, you're going to suffer either way. He said, it is better. You might as well stand for Christ and suffer for doing good and end up in heaven in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Amen, 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 amen. And the second thing that he says, you're an impressive company. If you suffer, you're in good company. 
He says, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Joseph was thrown into a well for doing the right thing. He was then thrown into prison for doing the right thing. Elijah was hunted like a wild animal. Daniel was thrown into a a den of hungry what? Lions. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were thrown into a what? A fiery furnace. And Amos and Jeremiah and other prophets were persecuted. Stephen in Acts chapter 7 was stoned to death. James was killed with the sword in Acts chapter 12. We all know what happened to John the Baptist. He was beheaded. And so if something bad happened, if you're persecuted, man, you're in good company. That's what Jesus is saying. I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 11. Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. I want you to look at verse 18. And this whole, this whole thing is funny to me, all right? I know it's serious, but it's funny to me. First of all, John the Baptist is a weird guy, okay? He's weird. He, he wears camel skin. You ever seen a camel? You ever smelled a camel? Woo! So he goes to his closet, he's got all this, what am I going to wear today? I want the camel stuff. He's got camel skin on, he eats weird, he eats, he eats locusts. Who eats locusts? I mean, if you ever go to Israel, they have all kinds of good food. You don't need to eat locusts. And then, of course, he eats honey. We all like honey. But you, if you're eating locusts, you've got to have honey to get it, get it down, right? All right, so he's, he's a weird guy, right? And Jesus actually says in Matthew 18, verse, uh, uh, Matthew 11, verse 18, for John came neither eating nor drinking, which is really... He did eat and he did drink, but what Jesus is saying, I think, is he's weird. He's not like us. He doesn't eat what we eat. He doesn't drink what we drink. He's a weird guy. And John the Baptist had one sermon, one sermon, two points, but everywhere he went, he preached that same sermon. That would be a good job. He goes... His first point, everywhere he went, is Jesus is coming. 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 Hey, 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 hey. Jesus is coming. His second point of his sermon, he only had two points. First point, Jesus is coming. Second point is, repent, 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 repent. Everywhere he went, repent, repent. Give me some of that locust. I need some locust, locust, locust. All this Hamilton. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Repent, repent, repent. And notice what it says in verse 18. John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, here's what they said of John. He's got a demon in him. He's got a demon in him. Why would they say that? It's the world. The world. Status quo. They don't want to know that Jesus is coming. They don't want to repent. So whoever the messenger is, I got, he's got a demon in him. Now here's the funny part. Funny. Seven verses before that verse. Just seven. Look what Jesus said in Matthew eleven eleven. He said, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Jesus says, of all the people who've ever walked on this earth, no one is greater than John the Baptist. And seven verses later, the world says, there's a demon in that guy. There's a demon in that guy. Which is it? Is he the greatest person who ever lived? Or is he a guy with a demon? Which is it? He can't be both. 
Who's correct? Jesus was correct. And why was he the greatest? Why was he the greatest? Because everywhere he went, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Repent, 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 repent. Our young people go to conferences all over the country. That's a big thing now to go to Christian conferences. No one talks about sin. So, hey, you got to love people and, and welcome them and don't offend them. And, and no one talks about sin. There are no, no preachers talk about sin anymore. Because we don't want to upset the status quo. And, and, and yet, John the Baptist, that's all he did. Now, I want to tell you this. I really only have one job. One job. And that's to tell you that Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And some of you, some of you think, well, he's not coming. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. And you need to repent. You need to stop sinning. Stop living a life of rebellion. And come to Christ. Why do I need to do that? Because he's coming. That's why. Back in the day, once a year, everyone had to take some incense and say these words, Caesar is Lord. And early Christians, many of them said, I'm not going to do it. One such man named Polycarp, he was a disciple of John, not the crazy John, but the John who wrote the book of John. He lived to be 86 years of age. They came to him. They wanted him to say, Caesar's Lord. He would not say those words. And so they said, we're going to burn you at a stake. And he basically said, well, go ahead and light the fire because I'm not saying Caesar's Lord. So he got ready to nail him to a stake. And he said, hey, you don't need to nail me to the stake. I'm going to stand here. I'm not going to run off. So they actually went ahead and they did tie his hands together. But they did not nail him to a stake. Some of his last words, he said these words. He said, 80 and 6 years, God has never denied me. And I will not deny him at this moment. And they lit the fire. And the people that were there said... It was just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that this giant fire, he was standing there in the fire, but the fire somehow formed this huge arch up and over him. And even though he was in the fire, he wasn't burning. And so they then came with a sword and they thrust it into his heart. And he died. In his last words, he looks up and he says, Thank you, Lord that I could now be counted among the number of people who have been martyred for you. My friends, we need to start letting our light shine regardless of the persecution that comes our way. And it's time for us. Jesus wants us to know it's not going to be easy, but hey, we're going to be in heaven forever and ever and ever. In these uncertain times, We know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by, ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through on your first try, please be sure to try again. Our phone number again is 888-818-4777. 
The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing His people to take possession of the Promised Land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us every weeknight at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.